Hello and welcome to an extra special episode of the Campfire Gaming Podcast. Today is special because it is a book club episode and we all know you love book club episodes because we also love book club episodes. I was going to say, like, who cares if they don't like book club episodes? I like these episodes. Yeah. These are fun. They're so much fun. I love doing these. So, yeah. but yes, as you can hear, Rich is joining me tonight. I will be your host. My name is Matt. Uh, you probably know that by now, but whatever. Anyways, uh, you want to describe what the book clubs are? Yeah. For the people who are just joining us. So if this is your first time joining us, book clubs are where we take the month and we play a specific game. Or in this case, this month, February, we've played two. Um, and then we just sit down and discuss our thoughts, our feelings, and we give it a, uh, a rating towards the end and uh yeah hopefully hopefully you play along with us um you can always hop into our discord and chat with us and give us your feelings feel free to also uh follow us on social and and maybe comment like let us know uh what you thought of the game or just in general come say hi to us so, um yeah jump on discord and uh even give suggestions we've taken i believe this uh, book club was also uh, a suggestion from the discord Yes, yes. We do take your suggestions. We've taken a couple over the last, uh, I guess we're, this is our, what, 14th episode? 13th? 13th. It's like our 13th, 13th book club. So about a year. We've been doing this about a year. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had a couple couple community suggestions. All have been great, uh, except for that one time Mike hated Journey. So <laughs> he did, did he hate not. Journey? I, I remember he didn't like it very much. Oh. But anyways. On today's episode, we will be covering, as I said, not one, but two games. Those two games are The Stanley Parable and The Beginner's Guide. Now, before we dig in, I do want to mention, we talk about every aspect of these games. So, spoilers ahead. If uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, you might as well just shut this episode off, go play these games, and then come on back and uh, listen to our thoughts. So, you've been warned. So, uh, why don't we... Uh, Let's uh let's kick it off here. So I think we'll right. start here with uh, the Stanley Parable. Yep. Um, this was a game that was released. Oh, guys, geez, about eleven years ago, two thousand eleven, yep. by developer Galactic Cafe. Uh, it's about fifteen dollars on Steam. I didn't see. It's not on any other like consoles. They never put it on a console or anything, did they? Uh, I don't I think they did. Think uh, the Beginner's Guide. I think they did. Beginner's Guide. Yeah. I think yeah, so, one of those. I think maybe one of those they put on console, but I I don't know. I don't anyways, play. I, I play don't play Steam. these. Yeah, yeah, I don't play these on console. So they have a deal on Steam, anyways, where you can get both of these games for for cheap. So cool. So stick around, listen to us talk about the Stanley Parable and the Beginner's Guide. Yep. By Davy Reedon. Yeah. <laughs> the Davy Reedon. Yeah, the Davy Reedon collection. Yeah. No, it was a. Uh, I had no clue these were these. I don't know much about these games going into it. So um, it was kind of interesting seeing that they were both like, I thought they were just two separate games that were similar. They're both considered interactive storytelling games. Uh, so I was just like, oh, they're just two similar games together. I didn't know they were done by the same guy. And I guess apparently published and developed under two different, uh, Stanley Parable was Galactic Cafe, Beginner's Guide was Everything Unlimited. So um, I don't know much about their story, but yeah, I guess that's where, <laughs> what happens. So but uh, yeah, let's dig into uh, Stanley Parable first. Um, do you want to give us like a highlight or, or, or kind of what the game's about? Like, I guess there's not sure. really a story. Usually we kick it off with like, oh, there's a story. A story. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's, it's a story about a guy named Stanley. He works at his computer pressing buttons all day. He is employee number 427. And he uh, gets told what to do from a loudspeaker. And he enjoys everything about being told what to do from his loudspeaker. And then one day he comes into work and there's no there's no coworkers. They're all gone. And so he's sitting at his computer waiting for instructions and nobody says anything. Nobody tells him what to do. And so thus begins the game. 
of the Stanley parable. It is a it is the parable of Stanley, the the guy that you play as. The guy that presses the buttons he's told to press. Yep, he's just told to press the buttons on his computer, and then, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, when you you enter the game, uh, you are. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people have probably heard about this game by now. Um, pretty infamous for being a very uh, being a very abstract and kind of a weird one of those like really weird games because yeah. it's very meta. So it's you know you you have a narrator that's kind of essentially telling the story of Stanley. He's telling the Stanley mm-hmm. parable as you're kind of playing through it. So you're going through like different rooms and stuff like that, and the narrator will say like, "And Stanley chooses the door on the left," and then <laughs> you know you are kind of given choices as well. You're pseudo given choices on what to do, and then you kind of branch around and um, you can either follow the story directly or you can kind of divert away from what the narrator is telling you to do and you get some really funny interactions and there's like a mail you know a bajillion endings to this game endings yeah again i i like not knowing really much about this game going into it that's kind of what confused me at the start like like uh, the initial decision that you get to is you're you're, you kind of as the game starts as you said you start in the room your screen is blank it's not telling you to press buttons and you you Stanley just didn't know what to do. So he starts wandering and finds out his coworkers are missing. So you get to like your first decision of going left and right. And like, again, not, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to play what the opposite of what he tells me to do. I'm going to do, I kind of feel like that's going to make this game interesting or whatever. And uh, it did. But again, I like, I had no clue that this is essentially like, I really felt like I was back in the, like like as a kid reading those choose your own adventure books i really didn't know yeah. like what or where i was going and and i'll say at a certain point i was i was a little confused because i i didn't not knowing that that's kind of the game is just making all these decisions and seeing what kind of outcomes you have i was like well like am i beating it is there a way to beat this and like i did this for two hours and finally i'm like okay like i got off i'm like oh okay that's the game there's just it's just all these decision trees and you can get all these different endings. So, right. Yeah. And I think like, that's really the charm of the game is that mm-hmm. it's, you know, like a lot of people will tell you, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a million discussions about it online about like, you know, what this game is really about. And, you know, there's like, it's a commentary on gamers. It's, you know, the philosophy of choice. It's all mm-hmm. this, like, you know, it, it is kind of, it's very open to interpretation on what the game actually is. And I think that's also kind of the fun that the developer kind of intended it on being right. Is that yep. the game ends when you say it ends. That's kind of the, like the weird paradox is that you get to choose essentially when the game ends is by mm-hmm. turning it off. Right. Like that's, that's what, that's your choice in the matter. But when you're playing, you're kind of just told what to do the entire time and you can either, not do what you're told or do what you're told yeah so it's like you're given these sort of pseudo choices because like you know while you may have a choice to go left or right you don't have much of a choice to do anything that you want other than what the game essentially allows you to Mm do um and i found that to be it it was really charming right like because the comedy was it was a it's a comedy game Mm-hmm. in and of itself like the the narrator makes a bunch of jokes at you and you know when you pick the wrong choice the narrator will like page through the script or whatever and you can hear him like page through yeah. the script and he's saying no like you're you're breaking the game you know like yeah. there's a whole you know and there's a whole bunch of weird endings quote quote yeah. endings to the game or just it ends to the cycle that you play because the game in- entirely plays in cycles mm-hmm. you know You'll get to an which, ending, and then you start the game over again. Which, in all fairness, also threw me for a little bit of a loop to start because, like, I like I made some decisions, got to an ending, and then it just kind of it just kind of cut back. Another time, mm-hmm. I started down another decision, and like it didn't feel like I got to an ending, but it just threw me back at the doors again. And then the narrator went on with, and Stanley picked the left door and went to go look to you know the mm-hmm. the meeting room for his coworkers or whatever. And it was just yeah, so it's it's. Again, I kept pushing through and then kind of, again, slowly kind of realized like, oh, I just kind of got to keep going through all these different options and, and, and seeing what, I guess what the outcomes are. So what was the, 
what was the first ending that you got? Oh man, I got the whole like I got a lot of the game spoiled for me. My first ending was yeah. the museum ending. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the the way that just the decision tree the way you traverse it on this one is so you go to the the left right door room, mm-hmm. you go to the right, you go through the the rigmarole of going through the little like shipping area, take the elevator over or take the little platform over get to the room with the phone your wife calls you you unplug the phone the game restarts and then or no was that no that was one of the endings because that that was was the first one one i did yeah that was one where you break the game yeah yeah so that was my first ending yeah yeah i broke that's insane that we both got the same because that's what i did too like yeah, went went. I was like, okay, we're gonna go right, and then he kept, you know, saying, "Hey, turn back," just whatever. And I took the platform over, and like, I saw the phone ringing, and I was like, "Wait a second, like, let me go see if I can unplug the ca- the the cord from the wall." And he's like, "No, don't do that. <laughs> like, that was your wife. You were you were gonna get this ending where you know you 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 and your wife are so happy, and you you whatever you mm-hmm. found a purpose or you found I don't know found out what happened to your coworkers." I was just like, "Yeah, it was." <laughs> It's pretty good. Right. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, I think that was my first ending, but the museum ending is the one that I followed up on. Yeah. And that was kind of fun because like at the, like towards the end of it, if you, it's, you go through the left door and then you go down and then you go basically to the escape because there's a little sign that says escape. And then there's just a room where you go forward where you're told to go. So you go to the escape, you fall to your death, so to speak. Um, the narrator actually changes to a different voice. Yeah. And she breaks like she's breaking the fourth wall and kind of like telling you what to do and saying like, yeah, you could just press escape and just quit the, quit game, the game so you don't yeah. die from being smashed. Like that's, you know, you can do that. Um, But I think at some point she kind of like stops time and then you fall down and then, yeah, you get dumped mm-hmm. into like the uh, the museum. And it was fun touring around and seeing like they had like little dioramas of each level or each each area and they had some like behind the scenes sort of stuff like oh yeah like you know we started with the left and the right door room and we basically just kind of branched the entire game off of that and the rest Mm -hmm. of the game essentially built was built off of that room i'm like oh that's kind of cool they had various (laughs) endings that were like little dioramas like the z ending and i think the baby ending and the um the countdown ending and the um couple of the other endings um mm-hmm. you know they had a bunch of like behind the scenes so that was fun and then i think you just exit the you exit the museum and then you're just like dumped back to the the two doors yeah no that was um what was it you you get when you go to exit you get put back in a container right before the the female narrator Oh right. Pauses time. And then and then that's where she's like, I think it was like you can just press escape and restart the game or whatever. Yeah. She's or, like, the or, only way to, to not die is to just quit. You just yeah. quit the game, exit. Yeah. And then well, I'm again sitting there just going, like, no, I'm gonna do the opposite. And I get smushed and then I die. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't I had to re I think manually restart the whole game, like actually close the application. I think it was it was one of the endings or something where I actually had to close out the game and restart it. So, or I missed something, but escape oh, okay. wasn't working. I was just dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, nah, um, it's, uh, I liked the, the messed up ending you're thinking about was, I think when you take the right door and then he's like, the narrator's like, no, 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 you're you know doing it wrong. Go back the other way. And then you go back and you take the left door and you go into the, uh, conference room or the the meeting room and then like everything's all messed up yep <laughs> yeah yeah you you uh the the narrator blames you for breaking the game because you keep mm-hmm. making the wrong decisions now did you um this early on so when you go in the right door and you get out in like the big shipping area on that platform that takes you over yeah. did you actually try jumping off of there to escape out through the the uh, shipping bays i don't know i i might have I don't remember. I, I forget at what point, just because again, I ran. You run through the. You can run through this pretty quickly and get different endings. So I don't remember. There was one run where it was something like, "Well, at least you didn't try to jump off and escape that way or something." I was like, "Wait a second. So like the next run, I went and I was on the platform and I jumped off and I died. Um, yeah. But you can jump off. Did you jump off and jump onto that catwalk? Uh no. Okay. 
that leads to an interesting ending. Um, one of the endings that you, you run through there and you get to like, I think it was like a space room or something. And then, Oh, you got the, yeah, I know the ending, but yeah. And then it was like, if you stay in there, like nothing happens, but you can go down another stair into another room. And all this is like three or four flights of stairs. And at the top, you have the option to jump down and you do, <laughs> you jump down, you don't kill yourself, but you get hurt. And then there's like, was that, you know, are you happy Stanley? Are you like, you just did like, and then you, Oh, and then I start walking up again. He's like, Oh, you're doing this again. We're like, basically we're doing this again. Huh? You do it enough times. You, you actually do die. And that's one of the endings, but it was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I think, did you get the ending where Stanley basically just goes crazy and falls over dead? Did you get that one? Oh, was that the the one where you go in the I think the basement and it's just going in circles yeah. and circles and so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Stanley just like flops over dead on the sidewalk yeah. and it's like and some lady finds Stanley but she has a big meeting that she's got to go to so she yeah. just wanders off <laughs> just wanders <laughs> that was, that was off hilarious and, yeah uh, no there was there was a lot of good little things um it threw me for a loop that um. I tried, I think, three times trying to figure out how to... I guess this is towards the... I don't want to... Uh, it's. We'll say the, the ending that you get the achievement that you beat the game. The I think if you follow, what is it, all of his instructions, the way he says, that's whatever, considered beating the game as far as the achievement's concerned. Is, but, that, the, is that what the freedom ending is? I think is that, so. Is that what they call the freedom yeah. ending? Okay. Pretty it's like sure. where you get let outside. And you like walk outside. Yeah. Because again, that's that's technically you follow all of his instructions. You go left, you go to the meeting room, you go downstairs, you know, right? You you disable the you, well, you find out that it's just a big mind control machine that he's been using to control you and your coworkers. And then you have the option to turn it on or off. And uh, if you turn it off, then yeah, then big door opens and you go outside. But if you hit no, he gets all mad. And and he starts like a, a, a explosion in the facility, and you you go back into the room that you're in right before giving that option to turn off, turn on or off the mind control machine, and there's just a big countdown. And he's like, he's just yelling at you the whole time. You know, are you happy? This is like <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought I, there's buttons littered around that room, and I'm sure yep. this was done on purpose. And I kept trying to. There's got to be a code. I found like some numbers, and I was doing stuff. It never worked because there was also they they tease you because there's a door there with a uh, red either red or green light on it. And if, if you pick the on option and you run back, you see that door shut. So to me, it was like, there's a way to stop this or escape. Um, I found out later there wasn't. <laughs> so You're right. Regardless yeah, so, of what happens, it blows up. <laughs> yeah. Like it does, does that. So tell me like, because that this isn't really like a linear narrative game, what did you think about that? Like, it's a very, this game is very abstract, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is really trying to push that boundary of, you know, being like games as an art rather yep. than like games as like a technic, you know, it's going for more of the art form of games rather than like the technical like mechanics and your, what mm-hmm. you traditionally would think of as a video or as a game in general. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a, it, an interesting experience and I thought it was I, again, it, it was hard for me initially just because I didn't know what I was getting into at the first, you know, at first. So I was okay. very much confused. Right. Um, Cause I did go into the, both these games blind um, essentially. And um, I mean, like, I think once, once you like, once I kind of realized what was going on, it was, it was much easier for me to appreciate just kind of like, how it was designed and kind of the idea there of, you know, the, the player decision and how it can, you know, affect your game and how games are designed. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was, it was really neat again, after the fact, a little bit confused for a while playing it, but um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun and, and yeah, to your point, there's not really like any mechanics to it. I think there's pushing buttons, right? So pushing and buttons and walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all just driven by, I guess you're the the big decision tree that you, you know, the various events that you hit while you're trying to traverse this decision tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's. I definitely agree that like it's definitely kind of like one of those games that's talking about like it, it almost. Hmm, how do I want to say this? It's a, basically a game about what I felt like was game development. Mm-hmm. 
you know i loved seeing like the the behind the scenes stuff in the museum room and all the stuff that they went through to put the game together and i don't know yeah like the you know it like I don't know if I want to go down that road of like trying to like, you know, like critique it and piece it apart like a like it's a artwork because I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm like I'm not that smart. I'm not smart enough to like not, talk not, about yeah. it like that. Like uh, like the most that I can think of is that like, yeah, like I can kind of see where some people are coming from with some of their arguments where like, you know, some people say things like um, Stanley is, you know, uh, it's representative of gamers in general. And Stanley is, you know, just kind of like a mindless drone, just kind of pushing buttons. And what the game is trying to comment on is how, like, game, you know, especially games for like the 2010 era were very linear, very, they just tell you what to do. Like, you don't have to think about mm-hmm. it, you just do. And to them, like, that is gameplay. Like, that is a game. Yeah. Even though it's like all of, as the amount of game that it is is there's no choice in it there's no actions that the player gets to take it's like trying to play a board game and literally somebody behind you is telling you what to do the entire time yeah you know (laughs) is that and kind of maybe a referendum on like is that actually fun i mean people think that it's fun but yeah and i think we'll probably maybe talk a little bit about this more in the next game but it's a lot of it is just Mm -hmm. like yeah what it the the interpretations that everybody has in this game is like different right you know um and i'm definitely more on the side where to me it was just an experience it was fun i'm not trying to interpret it right honestly my biggest question after again this game ends when you want it to end essentially but roughly you play about two hours you you know and if you're trying you get the idea you get the idea and you get a good chunk of the endings um but for me, honestly, coming out of this, it wasn't me trying to find like some bigger meaning. Honestly, the biggest thing out of this, the biggest question I had uh, coming out of this was, what happened to Stanley's coworkers? <laughs> like, yeah, it right? never gets answered. Yeah. Um, which, which honestly, that was the biggest thing. Even up today, I was thinking, oh, I never did. Like, I was Google. Like, like, did did I miss an ending? Was there an ending where there was maybe some, a, 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 like, some explanation of what happened to? Stanley's coworkers, and I mean there is one ending, which again it goes back into that. How do you interpret it, though? Um, it's the ending where uh, if you choose to leave the mind control on, and narrator's mad at you for making that decision and stuff. Um, he says something along the lines of like, "I made them all disappear," like you know, I got rid of them or I killed, them, you know, implying something like that. But even then, it's like <laughs> this is where again. You, where you can just everybody has their own interpretation of the game and different things that are said is like some people are like oh yeah you know like a lot of people are like oh yeah the the narrator tells you what happened to him and other people are like well did he or was he just mad at your decisions so he was telling you he killed everybody and it's like well what you what actually yeah. happened to him <laughs> yep. yeah um, and that's i mean i think that is that what you just talked or what you just mentioned kind of hits the nail on the head is i really do think that like this game to me seems like it's intent, you know, it's built to be interpreted many different ways. It's Mm -hmm. so open to interpretation and that's kind of the fun about it. Like that's kind of what gets you remembering this game in particular. It's like, okay, well like, yeah, like what did happen to the coworkers or what was, you know, what were they trying to say about, you know, like, you know, maybe it's like about gamer culture, mm-hmm. or maybe it's about like game development and kind of going through the the process of decision making, or is it like a philosophical question on like, do we really have choice in this whole yeah. thing? Like, we're you know the 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 whole paradox of it of well, yeah, I'm playing a game with a simple set of instructions. Do I really have a choice when it's you know pretty binary of like, I either do what the narrator tells me to, or I don't, or I turn the game off, like. Yeah. Am I really playing a game anymore? Um, but that's or, what that's or, the yeah. Or your decisions lead you to breaking the game in the way it was right. <laughs> you and actually I think, do like, have your free will and you've made your decisions and doing what you want, but that's outside yeah. the realm of the rules that were built that you were supposed to follow. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think we'll probably I mean, I think we'll talk about this more when we get into the beginner's guide, but like, you know, it's um that that sort of abstract game sort of play is is still you know it's still fun in its own way where it's like you don't necessarily um 
have to have like a very rigid set of rules to have something interactive and fun. And mm-hmm. what I kind of go back to is like, you know, it's like imagine you're going back and you're eight years old again and you're like playing games with some of your friends and you're basically just making shit up as you go. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like inventing rules for things like, oh, well, like you can't go over there because that's hot lava or you can't do, you know, it's just, it's just creative fun. It's just, There's it's no just rules. Calvin Ball. It's yeah. just Calvin Ball. Yeah. If you were a, if you were a Calvin and Hobbes Calvin fan, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you just make it up and you just kind of do it. Yeah. And there's like, you're never going to remember half the rules of the game anyway. But like, or you just make up new ones because you don't like the old ones that right. you do remember. Yeah. So because yeah. like, it's, yeah, I feel like it's, at least to me, that's what I get out of it. And that's mm-hmm. what I get out of like, I think both of these games, but yeah, from the Stanley parable, it's very much like a, it's kind of your own, you know, way to have fun. You know, if you yep. like, you know, if, if, if to you beating the game is finding all the endings, that's, that's. That is what you want to do. If mm-hmm. it's just getting some good laughs out of it, that's, you know, that's what you do. Or if you just want to see one of the endings and call it good, you beat the game. There you go. Like, like what, what is fun? You know, what is fun for gaming for, for you basically? Yeah. This game in theory, if you want to go by, we'll just say the achievement of you beat the game or whatever it was called, you could beat this game in like five minutes and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Like, be, and that is literally if you just listen to the narrator and go through, you'll get the happy ending and you're good. So, mm-hmm. but right, and then it kind of like throws into question like replayability and all mm-hmm. that, and like yeah, you can go back and <laughs> try and find more endings or just see if there's some way that you can kind of like mess with the game or something like yeah. that. Tinker, like yeah, that's the fun but, of it. I, again, I think that's kind of this, like as you go to that's some of the fun of it is like, let's say let's say my first playthrough was literally I followed him all the way through. But there's so many things in what the narrator says and kind of get some of those options, some of those things along the way where you go, you know, well, there's a two door decision. There's the well, you see a, the escape sign as you're walking up to the mind control room. You have like you're given these options. And to me, that kind of gets the player to go well, what if, and then it gets Mm -hmm. you to go, I am going to go back and replay. Like, what if I went right? What if I chose the escape? What if I said, no, we're going to turn on the mind control. Um, So, you know, it's, 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 again, it's, it's just crazy. And, and it just, yeah, it just gets you to kind of keep playing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Are you going to get, try and get the achievement where you have to play all day on a Tuesday? (laughs) <laughs> no is that like is there some trick to that one i don't um, think so i think that's I've, literally like you leave the game on all day on a tuesday oh maybe i'll try that i don't know um i did um i did go out of my way to knock on what was it not what was it knock on door 4 30 did 430? you did you do that one <laughs> i don't think i did that one no it's I, well, I, I'll talk about it. We already said spoilers. Right? Yeah, spoilers. You should go. I, I don't remember everything that was said, but the idea was um, ask Stanley in your office. When you leave, there's a whole bunch of other like offices around, but they're all numbered, you know, 431, 427, right? 416, whatever. And you see all these up until you get to your first choice or the conference room and then you don't see any offices anymore. But there is a office that is office 430. And if you go up and again, you're, it says like knock on it or something like that is what the achievement says. But really, it's just go up and interact again. All this is is walking and interacting. There's no crazy other mechanics to it. So you walk up to the door and, and he starts. This had to have been added, obviously, after the fact, you know, when they got it on Steam and stuff like this, not in the original original game. But um, you go up, you knock and. He's like, oh, it's something like, oh, it's 430. You, 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 you knocked on room 430. You think it was just like, that's all you had to do to get this achievement? And he starts kind of basically making up things that you need to do. Oh, go go, uh, go touch the copier. Go stand on f- desk 426. Go run and knock on room 416 eight times. You know, like, <laughs> and you, you go through this just string of events. And then he's like, all right, come back knock on uh, room 430 like four times and you do it and then you get the achievement. But, uh, you know, you'll have to go back and check it out. It takes only like a minute or two to do. But, um, you know, the whole time he's just basically making up stuff because he's like, 
you know, you got to do a little bit more for an achievement than just walk up and knock mm-hmm. on a door. You know, <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's where a lot of other people get that idea of that, you know, it's kind of like a, like a jab at, you know, you know, games of, yeah, like the late two thousands, early mm-hmm. 2010s era where it's, yeah, you get achievements for doing some of the most basic, stupid things. Yep. And is it really an achievement to do that sort of a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, especially when you didn't really have to either work or think about what you did. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's probably. I mean, that's half the fun too, right? Is that um, I'm sure that if you were to, you know, talk to the developer, like they probably have an interpretation, but they would probably tell you like your interpretation is right too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what it's all about. But. So, um, that was the Stanley parable. Yeah. Um, was, I mean, overall, what were your thoughts? Did you have fun? Did you like it? Is it kind of too weird? Again, like I'll say I kind of enjoyed it right from the get go. Just kind of the goofy premise, the, you know, as you start going off the path, there was, as I mentioned, that kind of bit of confusion since I did go in blind to this and didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, so again, like, I didn't know how, you know, my first hour in, I was like, is there really like an ending? Is there a stopping point or is this it? Um, But overall, I really, really, uh, I really enjoyed the game. I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, And just the, between the kind of narration and and how do you want to interpret it? Or do you even want to interpret it? Um, You know, kind of seeking out the different endings was kind of fun and kind of what, caused it or, or, you know, what happened to you as the player, um, depending on your, your endings was, um, quite unique and, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Again, it kind of just, it reminded me of the old days when I used to read those, uh, as a kid, read those, um, choose your own adventure books. And it was kind of exciting. Like, well, what do, well, let me go back to this page. And what if I chose to go down this pathway instead of that one and what's going right. to happen? So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I liked it too. You know, I didn't, I mean, I didn't play it super long. Um, I don't think you can really invest like, I mean, I, I guess anybody could do anything, but I mean, this isn't a game that you're probably going to be sinking like 40 hours into, but yep. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was fun for what it was. Yep. So um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll cover this real quick. We, we, we start doing reviews for, for our games and we'll uh, cover how we categorize the games from uh, great all the way to awful. So, uh, on what rating would you give it, Rich? On A, it would be starting at Campfire, which would be great. Bonfire, which would be good. Flash Fire, kind of an average game. Forest Fire, a bad game. Or Dumpster Fire, an awful game. What What would you rate the Stanley Parable in our uh, awesome new Campfire podcast rating system? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think, I don't know. I think I'd probably throw it in the category of the Bonfire. You know, it was definitely good. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a good game. I think it's uh, definitely worth playing at least once, you know, just sit down with it for like a couple of hours and you'll probably get something out of it. And and yeah, you kind of move on. That's. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Outside of the just inside the gameplay loop itself, there's I don't feel like there's like a lot of replayability. Like I'm not in like a year or two going to go, oh, let me go back and play that again. But um, no, I, I completely agree. I'd put this in the bonfire uh, good category. I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I had a lot of fun and definitely I'd say it's worth, uh, worth playing. So, mm-hmm. yep, definitely. Uh, All right. So on to the beginner's guide then the beginner's guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this one is a, is quite a bit different from the Stanley parable. Um, a slight bit more gameplay. You can jump in this one. <laughs> you can shoot. Yeah. You can shoot and you can jump. Um, I guess we could just go through just kind of a like a, a basic synopsis of it is that mm-hmm. so all you play as is just your character. Um, you have Davy Reedon who is narrating this time and he is basically describing um, how he really appreciates these little like micro games made by his friend named Coda. And so what he shows you is just kind of like a very like abstract looking level design and how there's not really a lot to it. But he says, you know, going through 
you know, from 2008 to 2011, you know, I have this friend named Coda. He's got a whole bunch of these games made. And I think this is just a really good way to walk through and see if you can figure out, um, you know, who a person is by the, some of the stuff that they make. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, where he takes you and he takes you off into like a bunch of different like mini levels, just kind of and kind of narrates his own thought process as to like what the level means and what you know the what coda is trying to say or what influences coda you know had when going into this and it's kind of a nice little like story as he's kind of walking you through you know like november of 2008 to like i don't know like summer 2011 Uh, or something like that yeah 2008 to 2011 i think it was yeah 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 yeah, this was, um, well, first off, I mean, this was made about four years after the Stanley Parable. Yep. Um, and I think this is where kind of could get into that interpretation of, like, some people think this was kind of a commentary on how people would interpret the Stanley Parable. Mm-hmm. Um, like critiques. And how, critiques, yep. over-critiquing it, or thinking there's a, thinking or applying a deeper meaning to something when like that's not the intention it like it was just a game right? yeah you know yep. um misinterpreting so, what the what the uh, original creator was trying to do or mm-hmm. something like that yep i mean and like i think this game did a much better job of trying to extract a lot of like thinking out of the player mm-hmm. not so much like to complete the game but just more or less like i found myself thinking a lot more about this game after i had finished playing it than i did with the stanley parable Mm -hmm. like the stanley parable is like oh yeah like you know was it really about like choice you know did choice really matter in this kind of a game is it kind of like a philosophical whereas like the stanley parable might be more philosophical this is in my interpretation of this was far more emotional Mm -hmm. and it was about like in my i guess in my interpretation of it it was a lot more about like creativity and the creativity process and mm-hmm. yeah critiquing and and a lot of that stuff and we can kind of get into that um i mean or i, I was, don't, I, I don't think a, there's a way to get to talk about this game without getting into that kind of a discussion or it was a game about starting fresh and that it's okay sometimes it's okay to just get rid of everything and and start over and right and work through it and move on so yeah, yeah no it's it's uh I, I i guess one thing here was that this is this is very linear. This is yes. literally you're just it's almost like an, just an interactive story. You're just walking from point A to B as the narrator is walking you through these levels. And um, so there is a, a definitive ending here. Right. <laughs> it's like something does happen. There's no choice. There's no, I guess, unless you want to listen to commentary and thoughts and try to dig out a deeper meaning or something like that uh, interpretation. There's really no reason to kind of go back through it to try to get a different ending or something like that, like in the Stanley parable. But, but yeah, um, I guess first off, did you end up even emailing uh Davey? Re- re- no, re- I didn't. Ed? I didn't uh, yet. I kind of want to though. I kind of am curious what, if anything actually like, did, you know, does he actually reply to those mm-hmm. or like, you know, I'm sure he's probably, I mean, the game came out in 2014. I'm sure he's probably heard pretty much everybody's interpretation possible yeah. by now. Right. Yeah. I, f- I found that just kind of funny that he, he threw it out there. I'm assuming it's a real one, you know, that's his email address, but yeah, but yeah. Um. So, so yeah, to kind of get into it, I mean, you know, you start off um, looking at one of the first, so, so Davey kind of tells you about how he met Coda. Like that's you know basically how the game starts. A and game jam in two thousand eight or something. Yeah, like that. right. Yeah. And so he goes and he talks to Coda, and you know they become friends basically. And then Coda starts sharing some of these, you know, little games and levels and things like that that he makes with Davy. Mm-hmm. And so while you're walking through a lot of these you know, he kind of explains how he got into these and like some of the discussions that he and Coda had while, you know, Coda was making some of these and, you know, they even get into debates at, you know, at certain points in time. So like there's a whole wide variety of levels from like, you know, you start off with like a little first person shooter thing where, yeah, you're running through like a space station. I mean, it's all first person, but like, um, 
you know, you, you run into like mechanics that don't make sense Mm -hmm. or, you know, things that are like impossible for the player to figure out. And, you know, like things that you would probably look at. And, you know, if you were just coming at this from an angle of like, you know, your general, um, idea of what a video game is you would probably be like this is kind of like bullshit right like this you know this isn't a game there's nothing to do like it is what it is Mm -hmm. but then like that's kind of the like to me that's what's really interesting about it is that you know davy even talks about how um while you're going through some of these levels how he and coda kind of have these little debates about what a game is and you know what um you know should a game truly be playable and yada 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 yeah i think that was some of those yeah some of those areas where um uh davy kind of like had to kind of uh break the game to allow the player to continue and kind of discussions out of there you know you know and if that's okay and is it okay to make like a game where you know, it's almost impossible or maybe like that, like I can think of like one of the later levels there as you're traversing that castle and you're working your way up is like, you know, uh, like, could you actually work through that invisible maze where you couldn't see the walls? And when you touched a wall, it threw you back, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for all we know that Coda, I'm sure maybe people have tried it, but like maybe in that Coda purposely didn't want you to get past that, you know, um, and if right. that's okay in game design to, to kind of do the, do that so yeah and i mean that's something that that davy talks about and later on in that level you kind of discover like at least in davy's interpretator davy the narrator i guess um Mm -hmm. because that's that's the whole other thing is like is this davy that's talking to me or is it like davy being a narrator of davy talking (laughs) to me that's when it gets like super weird and very very like that's going deep yeah um but yeah like so davy the narrator uh you know, talks about how like, you know, he sees this as Coda kind of like basically retreating and boxing people out and mm-hmm. making all these game mechanics to like, you know, force people out and things like that, um, you know, to basically get into what the ending is of the game is that like as you work your way through all of the different mini games you see that, you know, there's these like behavioral changes supposedly in Coda. So Coda's games start getting really like, they start getting like super weird or they start like, you know, if you're reading into it, like you could read it as like, he's becoming depressed or, you know, he's trying to just self cleanse. There's a whole level about cleaning where it's just like, you know, the Mm -hmm. joy of kind of like cleaning yourself out and, you know, releasing that sort of emotional tension. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, you know, very self-destructive behavior, that sort of a thing. But yep. you, in, you know, as you interpret all these things, or at least that's what the narrator tells you how he's interpreting these yep. kinds of things, you can interpret it either with him or you can interpret it sort of on your own and think for yourself as to what you think this is. Yeah. No, that was a, a kind of like an interesting concept in a way he was, I mean, again, you, you get to choose, but in a way the story is told in is is this is how this is how i this is how this is how and why coda how coda is feeling and why coda is making these games in this way Mm -hmm. um which again kind of brings up like that whole like well that's just how davy's interpreting it right you know this could be just again we saw from the start and all the way through all the i think there was what like 17 18 18 levels essentially here or games is um you know, a lot of them were just very quirky and like, did they even have a meeting or meaning or were they just, you know, ideas, right? They're just Quick like throwing shit at the wall, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, and, you know, also it kind of brings up as like these, these all could just be standalone games for him. And this is how he as a designer makes it. And there's no other, you know, it doesn't, you know, like those prison levels or the ones where he could, he's trying to talk to a girl on the stage, right? Like that all could have been just his kind of story or, or what he was putting into the game. It could have nothing to do with how Coda was feeling. But again, it's, just, but that's how Davey playing progressively through each game that Coda was putting out was interpreting this. Mm-hmm. And it was just an interesting, again, kind of an interesting take on, 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 uh, a game and and what i guess this guy was looking and and interpreting the games as meaning right. their meaning out of them 
Mm-hmm. Which is why I think it was like, you know, it, it, it was a very fun exercise and just kind of learn, like, yeah, learning critique, I guess, yep. and kind of experimenting with different ideas on, you know, trying to figure out who Coda is by his artwork. Yeah, uh, by the stuff that he has created and you know some of it by the end of it you know you feel like you might have a pretty firm grasp as to what may or may not be in his mind because at towards the end of it you know you're you know the by this time like all the games that you've been playing are like super self-destructive there's a mm-hmm. level where you literally destroy scenes from other games that have been made and you know, you get into like this little hallway and it's basically Coda's giving a message to Davey saying like, look, I don't understand why you think that I'm damaged. Like it really says something about you that you think I'm damaged because of the stuff that mm-hmm. I'm making that seems destructive and yeah. all this like it's this is your interpretation. This isn't exactly what it means. And you're basically taking my work and sharing it with people because you know, Davey was under the impression that you're like, oh, like maybe he just needs to get his confidence built. And, you know, if I share this with a bunch of people and they see how great his games are, it'll be a big confidence boost and he'll feel better and he'll be happy. You know? Yeah. No, that was that was a very interesting part of of that getting uh, what was that like halfway through where like these were just little games that he was uh, Coda was making to send to to Davey. And like um, and again, when this whether these events actually happened or not, we, you know, we don't know, but like um, he, he started sharing these games out to people and kind of, yeah. And then kind of putting out there like, Oh, Coda need kind of, you know, Coda needs help. Coda's in this mindset. He's, he's yeah. Like you said, damaged or whatever, you know, whatever. And it was just, it was just interesting. Like, again, it's like all this was brought about because this is just how Davey's interpreting it. And he's kind of almost, Forcing anybody, that interpretation, he, yeah. He's forcing it on not only Coda, but at the at the time when he starts sharing it with whoever, you know, in this story or if this events actually happen, those people start believing this interpretation that potentially is not true. It's it's you know, again, it's 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 uh, Davy sharing his ideas and and putting his interpretations on other people, and then kind of just. And and Coda is just like, especially in that last level, that last level is like, like probably like just dude, like this is just they're just fucking games, like. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this. This is just what this is just what I do, and like mm-hmm. you, you know, he. I think he phrases it like, you know, you've kind of like invaded my space. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you know kind of tainted this and it made yeah and it basically davy eventually blames himself because coda he he mentions that coda quits making games period and as you see some of this stuff like it becomes less engaging for coda to make these games anymore because davy keeps trying to like either fix them you know by saying well you need to make this playable like this isn't Mm -hmm. playable like this isn't something that you need to do or trying to make it make sense out of things and you know they're trying to put meaning behind it where there might not be any and he's doing all this stuff to like you know essentially suppress what coda is actually trying to do or say with his stuff Mm -hmm. because he is kind of you know self-conscious about his own sort of um his own sort of identity and you know we've all kind of been there right like when you know where you have a lot of self-doubt and you're looking for that external validation and all that and that's kind of what Davey was going through while you play the game he talks about how you know he's just looking for approval and that's why you know he eventually went to hang out with Coda because he wanted you know he was just looking for someone to kind of get behind and get their approval mm-hmm um yeah, it's. I mean, it's a. Like I said, like this to me, this game was way more interesting than the Stanley Parable. Um, just because, like, I I feel like there's just so much more to think about with this one because there. Yeah. yeah, you do. You can like. Should I be going and critiquing this game? Should I be, you know, taking it at face value and just like, you know, as uh, as a game, how do I enjoy this sort of a thing? I don't know. Like it's. I. I mean. Personally, I enjoyed this a lot, mainly because I liked how it was like kind of an emotional journey and you do get to like, you know, it's it's blatant, right? Like you 
can get some idea as to like what the narrator is kind of feeling out of this. And it, you know. he, he, the way he wrote it, it does, which is funny. Again, it was probably done this way is as you're playing through it. Like I did feel myself emotionally going, look, kind of, feeling bad for this Coda guy. Is he really going through these issues? Mm-hmm. Does he really feel like he's stuck in a prison? Is he is he really try you know having trouble with relationships with other people and things like that? And but again, that's kind of a good, you know, like kind of a commentary on like the, the game and like is it's now Davey is now kind of projecting his feelings on me. And now I'm sharing those feelings. Right. Right. You know, and it's just, uh, and uh, it's just, yeah, it was just a, a, a interesting journey and, and yeah, it's, there was a lot more to unpack here than, than, than with the Stanley parable, which was great too, but yeah, the um, Stanley parable was fun. And I mean, the beginner's guide, I think was just had it to me felt like it had a lot more substance to it. It had a lot more weight to it. So I felt myself being like way more invested in like, even though all I'm doing is just holding W and walking forward. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm invested. I want to see some more of these levels. What happens? I want to know what happens to Coda. Like what is going on in his head? Is he really depressed? Like, yeah, it not to mention, honestly, some of the little games were kind of fun in their unique, your unique game mechanics. Like the one where like, um, you can only go backwards. You can only go backwards. Yeah. yeah. Where you uh, like the only way you can move is by moving in reverse. And yep. then like the text on the wall would appear as you like, you know, pass thing. Like you can turn around, there's no text. And then as soon mm-hmm. as you walk past it backwards, then yeah, you see like the the text mm-hmm. and the hints and things like that. It was really cool. Now um, I, I don't know a lot of the story about apparently the Stanley Parable kind of made uh Davy pretty popular pretty quick oh, yeah. in, in his games yeah because the Stanley um, parable crushed when that came yeah. out like that game was super super popular because it was just yeah it was so goofy and so like inviting to play yeah you know do do you think that in a way that the beginner's guide is kind of a response into how critics and and gamers kind of uh interpreted that game you know like like in a way is 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 uh is Coda making these games essentially Davy who made the Stanley parable and where Davy in the beginner's guide is essentially gamers and critics that are adding their own thoughts or interpretations, their opinions and sharing it with others. Do you kind of feel like it's, it's kind of a response to how the critics and gamers took and tried to make more of the Stanley parable than what it was just a, a goofy game with weird endings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think to a degree it could be that could be part of it. Um I think the general interpretation that I like to stick with for, you know, when I was thinking about this was so he you have Davy wanting to hang out with Coda. And Coda from what he describes is kind of you know closed off kind of you know kind of to himself he likes to work alone that sort of thing he mentions about how you know these games are very almost like really personal to Mm -hmm. coda and while davy was kind of looking for all this validation and he was trying to learn how to help coda if he was going through some sort of a crisis my thought, the thing that I kept kind of going back to is that maybe that, like, what if that's true? So, like, what if Coda is really depressed and, you know, he's just, he's using game development more so as, like, an outlet? Mm-hmm. Because I always, I, I kept seeing this game as more of, like, a like a, an artistic sort of, like, you know, it, it was a going in deep on like the creative process and going into like some sort of like artistics, you know, how art artists create things and how they sort of just, you know, how people can just experiment and do stuff. Mm -hmm. He talks about how these games for the most part, were never supposed to be played by anybody else, which is why they're not playable. You know, like it's just Mm -hmm. Kodam experimenting and playing with things and just using the tools that he has to create something on a canvas that he likes to use. Yeah. So my interpretation is like this. It's Davy saw all of this stuff that he thought was alarming and damaging 
And if that was true, he's Coda is willingly sharing this sort of personal stuff with Davy. Mm-hmm. Letting it's basically like this is Coda's way of letting Davy into his life. And all Davy wanted to do was either like debate it or fix it or try to make sense out of what you know Coda is tr- is thinking and feeling when really like this is Coda's way of being vulnerable to Davy. Yeah. So it's a really like emotional sort of experience for the both of them is that like Davy doesn't realize how personal this is to Coda and that the fact that Coda is even sharing a lot of this stuff with Davy shows where Davy sits in terms of everybody else in Coda's social circle. Mm-hmm. You know, like does he share these games with anybody else? From the sounds of it, no. Like he is pretty reclusive. This is very personal projects. This is just him whipping stuff together and like maybe there is some emotional like, you know, torment going on, but this is his outlet, right? Like this is him just like whipping paint at a wall and just like, you know, he's not trying to make sense at it. He's just getting the shit out of him, you know, mm-hmm. so that, you know, as long as he can put it as an outlet, it makes sense to him. Yeah. And then you have Davy coming in and saying, oh, well, well, that's not how you make a Picasso or something yeah. like that. Like that's <laughs> not how you draw the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was my interpretation is that like, he's trying to convey that he is, you know, letting Davy in on a personal level. He sees him as a friend. He, you know, is willing to be vulnerable with him as a person. And then Davy misinterprets this as like, he's hinting at a cry for help, but won't, isn't talking about it and trying to be closed off. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know that. Yeah. That was kind of my thought about is like, you know, I don't know. Like I've, I'm sure everybody's had this kind of a friend or been in a relationship like this where, you know, somebody when they want you know when they when they complain or vent or something like that they just want to be heard yeah. not want to be and they and they don't want the problem to be fixed right like just you know saying like well just stop doing the thing and then that just pisses them off even more yeah. because it's like it's not about fixing a problem it's about just being expressive and that's yep. that's what i keep going back to mhm No, again, I think up until that, what, like second to last level when you're climbing the tower and you get to that last room, that was kind of like, that's kind of when, to me, I made the similar connections that you did, like, you know, kind of connected those dots. But like, yeah, leading up to it, you know, it's very much like, I hope this Coda person's okay. (laughs) Right. That's kind of what I was like. Oh, man, like, don't let this be like a dark ending. I don't want this. But. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, what, what are, what were your thoughts about it? You know, did you, is, what sort of things did you take away from playing this game? <laughs> we're, that's where like, it's kind of like getting in those deeper meanings and stuff like that. I mean, like, again, I kind of shared similar thoughts to you, um, you know, with just kind of like how Coda was sharing something deeply personal to him. And that's all that's all the farther he wanted it to go. And he just kind of needed somebody to talk to. If this Coda person was real, they were probably just they just needed somebody to they could kind of trust. And and in the end, Davy kind of breaks like the trust, yeah. kind of breaks the trust. And then that's where where you get um, the ending, the ending you got where Davy's just like, you know, you're making this stuff out, you know, uh, all the, the writings on the wall at the end of that level where he's just like, you know, like, I'm done, you know, and then he. He, you know, I guess you could go maybe look at at the darker side of the ending if this was real was like he stopped one kind of sharing and confiding in Davey and he also stopped uh, creating, which was his outlet. Yep, he lost his outlet because, you know, it's been tainted. He he doesn't have like he talks about his creativity as like a like a machine and like the machine just kind of stops working and he can't. Mm -hmm he can't create anymore because yeah, like now there's somebody that's like trying to fix it. There's something wrong with what he's creating and there's, you know, it's impure now. Like when there was nothing wrong in the first place, it was just his way of sharing, sharing with something personal with somebody else. So, right. Right. Yeah. No, it was a a lot, like you said, a lot more to think about. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, like if you want to take it like a layer even further, you know, like if you really wanted to try and interpret that beyond that, you know, it could be that, yeah, you know, the Stanley parable 
was something that was very personal to Davey Reedon. And mm-hmm. when he sells the game, when he puts it out there, puts himself out there, puts the game out there, and people are like saying, well, like this isn't a game because you don't have X and it doesn't have a definitive <laughs> ending and this mm-hmm. critique and that critique and this is what that means. And yeah, like, you know, kind of the similar exercise that we just went through talking about the Stanley Parable. Yeah. And it just kind of like, it kind of just makes him almost like maybe maybe a little like sick to like just get all of that back and just be like well that's not what it was like you know like you know you're over interpreting this you're you know trying to fix something that isn't broken you're getting Mm -hmm. you know like it's just and that's yeah and the beginner's guide could be a response to like davy's sharing something personal with the world and the world being kind of like you know it can be kind of nasty and annoying and all that Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think, uh, you know, they use games in, in these examples and stuff, but like, I, I'm sure uh, a lot of creators and artists out there kind of go through similar things where it's just like, <laughs> you know, just that over-interpretation, the criticism, the, it doesn't fit in this box. So it's not, like you said, like in the, as far as the Stanley Parable, well, there's no definitive end of it. It's not a game. All you do is, you know, like... Well, no, mm-hmm. like it is, and it's just that it's it's a different type of game. It's a different type of experience, but you're trying to apply all this meaning or trying to fit it in this box that this is what a game is or whatever. So right. I'm sure, again, that can be kind of just an example of how a lot of creators and artists feel where they're just like. Right. Or, I, I mean, and at the same time, yeah, like, you know, the other way you interpret it is that, you know, it's just a lot of these games are literally just that it was just little experiments that Coda wanted to make mm-hmm. because that's just what he likes to do. You know, that's just, that's the thing that he makes and he's not planning on sharing these with anybody cause it's personal to him yeah. and that's, it's fun. I do the same thing. Like I don't make full fledged games when I'm doing my game development stuff. 99% of the crap that I make just ends up in a folder somewhere and just kind of gets tucked in the corner. A lot of it is like half written code and just like stuff that I'm throwing against the wall or just like experimenting with, you know, you should this engine um, or that engine. Or, yeah. You should send those files my way and I will work my okay. way through them and I yep. will gonna fix them. them. I will fix them. Uh, I'll find out that you have some, emotional issue and uh and then we'll make then i'll make a game called the beginner's uh guide or the, no what's uh what's the, the advanced guide the advanced guide <laughs> i don't know but yeah but, but yeah. i thought this game was amazing you know i had a lot was, of fun with this it was definitely yeah. like an emotional journey which i loved like i really do feel like i felt something throughout this game like i really like yeah like it was fun it was fun just being like, oh, like, you know, this game made me feel feelings. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when games do that from time to time. Make me feel feelings. I'm human. I I mean, feelings. I'm still alive. I love it. <laughs> I didn't get my soul crushed entirely by Halo Infinite. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I like in our book clubs. We're still shitting on it. Anyways, yep. um, so what uh, using our fancy new Campfire Gaming podcast review scale what would you uh give the beginner's guide i mean i'd say i'd say this is a campfire for sure like this is like especially if you are into game development and like into like being creative and that sort of a thing just yeah play this like it it all it all clicks right like you kind of like you you know if you've ever made anything creative you get it right like you it's really easy to understand Mm mm-hmm Nice. Sometimes you just make shit just to make shit. It doesn't yep. need to be for anybody else. You can hold an entire game hostage. And if, even if it's like a masterpiece of a video game, you don't have to give mm-hmm. it to anybody. Well, I, I didn't try to make my own interpretation of the game or apply it to my life or try to find a deeper meaning in it. So for me, it was just a great experience and I had a good time with it. I'd give it a bonfire. It's a solid bonfire. <laughs> solid bonfire. But um but yeah no i had fun it was it definitely kind of i like that they sold uh steam does have a a way to buy both of these games together for a couple dollars off i enjoyed that we played both of these back to back um and we could kind of see kind of maybe a little bit into the mind of of davy and 
kind of overinterpretate or <laughs> right interpret enough. So. Just get get what get what we we got what we got out of it. Yep. But any uh, parting words for uh, either game? No, I don't think so. No, that was that was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I hope that uh, if Coda is Davy, that Davy is not stopping making games because I had a lot of I had a blast playing these. Yep. No, it was a lot of fun. Uh, any creator out there, if they feel like Coda, don't stop creating. So <laughs> yeah, don't stop creating. But um, on that note, uh, we probably should have mentioned this at the start, but we're going to mention it now. Um, our March book club game will be Beyond Good and Evil. So cult classic. Wow. Uh, it actually just came up in last week's episode how we both hadn't played it. And I was like, that sounds like a good, good uh, idea to, to play it for a book club here. So um, we're going to give that a go. Should be a lot of fun, hopefully. Um, but uh, yeah, be sure to pick Beyond Good and Evil up for yourself. Play along. Uh, you can come join our Discord and chat with us about it and many other things. You can find a link to our Discord at CampfireGamingPodcast.com along with other links there for our socials like Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to give us likes, follows, comment. We love chatting with you. Uh, we, we have a good time with all our campers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that about does it for this episode. Thanks again for joining us. And we will see you next time around the campfire. Mm-hmm.